Election Tuesday is right around the corner. Viewers know we don't talk politics here, but when that becomes a catalyst, that's market relevant. So let's check in on the numbers and see where we stand right now going into the vote on Tuesday. Steve Pavlik is joining the head of policy at Renaissance Macro. Steve, it's great to have you here. I want to talk about right now, just firstly establish what's the status for the polling going into Tuesday. Do we still have that big skew towards Biden? Right now, Biden is still ahead. I think in the real fair politics average of national polls, he has about seven and a half point lead. It's smaller though amongst the battleground states. It's about 3% compared to where Hillary Clinton was uh, four years ago. I believe she was uh, just under 2% at this time in the battleground states. And that's a much more reliable predictor as to who's ultimately gonna go on to win the presidency. Okay, so you're saying go even more micro from the national polls, look at specific states that could swing them one way or the other, and it's actually tighter there. Correct. I mean, the states in particular are a lot of the same uh, states we saw in 2016. I mean, Trump's path is going to rely on winning North Carolina, Florida, uh, and then presumably doing well again in the Midwestern states where he overperformed in 2016. I think Pennsylvania is going to be very critical this time. It's tough to see a path to Trump uh, winning 270 without it. Uh, and I think if he's able to uh, win that, as, along with Arizona, uh, he could potentially get there. Uh, but we, we saw in 2016, which was an important early night indicator, was the fact that Trump actually won Wisconsin. And at that point, it became clear, well, if he won Wisconsin, which was deemed even further out of reach for him, it seemed very likely that he would win Pennsylvania. And ultimately, that's what happened. Hmm. I'm the least sophisticated poll reader. I don't even understand half the political stuff, Steve. But one thing right now that I hear a lot of that just is, is hard for me to kind of process, I guess, just from the kind of generational bias of Americans viewing certain areas like Texas as being Republican, Georgia being Republican. A lot of what I see, even within the financial relevant analysis of polls right now, is that these could be potential battleground states. Does your research suggest that's the case? I'm still skeptical that uh, Biden's going to win Georgia or Texas. While polls uh, are you know, showing a, a closer race there than before, uh, it's just very difficult to, uh, I think, for, for Democrats to, to pull that off this time. I think one of the reasons that 2020 is harder to forecast compared to 2016 and, and other elections is just there's a lot more uncertainty about what the actual electorate is going to be because of the coronavirus pandemic. Are people going to feel comfortable actually going and voting in person? And people who are voting by mail, are those votes actually going to be counted? We've seen historically rejection rates at about 1% for mail-in ballots. And that could be significantly higher this time just because you're gonna have a lot more people potentially voting by mail for the first time. Usually first time mm -hmm. voters are more inclined to make errors there. So mm -hmm. with respect to the polls, I don't see how they can actually capture what the electorate's gonna be like on 2020 and start to factor these things in, but just really we don't have any recent precedent for it. There was a very uh, uh, prevalent conversation in the market realm about disputed election or hung election the night that we start getting the results in. I haven't heard so much about that since Biden pulled away in the polls. Uh, but if it's not a sure thing, should investors still have that on their mind? And at what point, like, what are the inputs? I mean, I have no idea. Like, what are the inputs when we're there the night of watching numbers come in where an investor might be looking at futures, thinking about what's happening and saying, OK, this is either going to be solved tonight or we're going to have weeks to come. What will be those early signs that a potential disputed election could be in the midst? 
I think one thing to keep uh, in, in mind here is an important number this time, probably more so than prior elections, is the votes to be counted. And that will refer to what that outstanding mail-in ballot uh, will be, particularly in these battleground states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, and Wisconsin. Ultimately, the president needs to win 207, I'm sorry, whoever wins uh, the presidency needs to capture at least 270 electoral college votes. Uh, and that might be difficult to actually do on election night, particularly because Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan are not gonna be able to really start counting the mail-in ballots until election day. It's just gonna be very hard for them to process all those in 24 hours. So my sense is that you might get an early indicator uh, if Biden uh, is ahead narrowly in those states, or even if Trump's ahead narrowly, because presumably this mail-in vote is gonna shift more towards Biden. So while he may not be declared the official winner yet, I think uh, that early indication may be that you know, it's just trending in this direction. It's just an official tally that uh, needs to wait. Now, that said, there's also the potential for you know Trump overperforming that night. Then the question will be, you know, what do these mail-in ballots, is there gonna be further legal action there? And could we see this uh, drag on potentially in a similar process that we saw in the 2000 Bush v. Gore situation? And if we have more than one state, I think that's really disastrous. I think that's the thing to just uh, keep an eye on as we're watching the, the early returns come in. My sense is that maybe media outlets would be a little slower to, to call certain states if they're not um, entirely uh, clear as to what the trajectory is gonna be there. The other thing to keep an eye out too for is, you know, a lot of states have uh, recount restrictions. They have to fall within a certain percentage. It's usually less than 1%. Uh, in many states, it's less than 0.5% uh, in order for recounts to be triggered there. So that'll be important to watch too. What is that margin of victory, whether it's on election night or uh, declared after, shortly thereafter? Okay, very useful. Um, let's talk about the potential market impact. There's been a building narrative that uh, rotation in the market out of tech is about getting ready for a lot of stimulus, potential Biden victory, though we've also heard from the president that he's ready to do more stimulus as well. So it kind of seems like that's an eventuality. Uh, at least that's my conclusion right now. In terms of how much or where it goes, that might be very different stories based on which guy wins. But Steve, for investors that are gonna be looking at the short-term events, uh, we recall on 2016, markets snapped down 5%. It was a great time to buy. We then had a huge rally that basically has still been going with obviously some exceptions. What should investors be thinking about as the decision comes in? Is stimulus an inevitability or should we view surprise in the election, which technically right now would be a Trump victory. That would technically be surprise. What's that going to mean? Uh, any thoughts on economic implications, market implications? Because I look at a chart about stimulus and it seems like everybody wants it. So does it really matter? With respect to stimulus, I, I still think it's a question of when, not if. Uh, although the scale and the scope is really going to be determined by the election outcome. Uh, I think with respect to just broader uh, economic conditions, I think you can make a, a case for either Trump or Biden. I suspect, you know, market will probably go up uh, regardless uh, because you, you, you can see either case or just be removing this big uncertainty overhang. I think for Biden, you're likely to see more, uh, a larger stimulus package, but for coronavirus relief, you're also gonna see presumably a larger $2 trillion green infrastructure package, which markets may like. Uh, but I think for um, one of the, the negative outlooks you might have to consider too is the increase in the corporate tax rate. We're gonna go up from 21% to 28%. 
are companies that have been taking out loans recently going to have more difficulty uh, paying those off? I do think Biden's probably going to be less of a headwind with respect to trade and some of the policy there uh, by tweet that Trump's implemented. So that could also be a potentially uh, good thing. Hmm. If Trump goes on to win, I think you're going to see lower tax rates and you're going to uh, see deregulation. I think that's probably viewed as a market positive moving forward as well. You might see a smaller uh, stimulus package because I think if Trump is winning, it's more likely that Republicans will retain control of the Senate. Uh, there'll be some talk about whether or not a stimulus bill is going to come uh, during the lame duck session. I'm still a little skeptical of that. You know, they've been saying that they wanted to reach a deal now for several months and one hasn't materialized. Uh, so if I'm the Democrats, uh, and if we do get a sweep scenario, we get a Biden presidency, Democratic Senate, and the House maintaining control of Democrats, they may be incentivized just to wait for Biden to come in and try to pass a larger deal. That could be complicated if they try to do it the regular order and try to get 60 votes, because even on a good night for Democrats, we get potentially 53 seats in the Senate, it's going to be hard to find seven Republicans that are going to go along for any spending bill that's north of $2.5 trillion. So do they decide to remove the, the filibuster right away and, and pass it that way? That could delay um, potentially when they actually move forward with that deal as well. And removing right. the filibuster would have uh, policy implications as well. Sounds to me like there are still reasons for investor uh, to feel optimistic, even if there is a surprise. So maybe some short-term uncertainty if the assumptions don't come true about what polls have suggested. Uh, but, uh, you know, an inevitability for stimulus, it seems. And then I guess just a matter of uh, when and, and how much that will make our next decision, what that means for the market. Steve, really good stuff. Um, appreciate the data uh, and the insight coming into Tuesday. Thanks a lot for being here with us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Steve Pavlik is the head of policy at Renaissance Macro.